change. Change. We've been in this series, change. Um, how many of you would identify that you have an area of your life you need to change? I'm not even going to look at you today because <laughs> I know we all do. Um, and so the, the two passages that we, um, we based this series off of were um, right here, Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I had, I had used a, a, an analogy of uh, a couple that I saw, and I've used this every week, so forgive me for being redundant, but some of you only come once every six weeks, so not this service. This service is perfect. But I, I saw this couple dancing at their 60th anniversary, and they had danced together their, their entire life, or their married life. And it was amazing to watch them dance because she knew where he was going, he knew where she was going, and it was just like this tandem of, it was like, man, they're like one person. And that's what Paul's talking about in Galatians. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so every day of our life, we should live that way. I have the opportunity every once in a while to go fishing uh, um, offshore with a friend of mine and, and another guy goes and they fish together a lot, probably too much for their good, but I won't judge them because I get a lot of fish from those trips. Um, but man, you get a fish on and it's fun just to step back and watch. I've, I've, like, dude's jumping down, he's going over here, he's handing this, he's doing this, he's grabbing the gaff, he's doing this, and I'm like, dude, you guys, wow. <laughs> and that's the way we should live our everyday life with the Spirit of God. Look at this next scripture talking about change. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so if you think about this whole idea of the Lord being the Spirit, then our relationship with Jesus is paramount to us walking in the Spirit. And last week, we looked at Paul. And we, we, we talked about the, the, the change that came from Saul to Paul, the change that came about. Today, we're going to look at Peter. If you're a student of the Bible, you love Peter. Yeah. Right? The rest of you, you got to read the Bible. It's really, it's a good read. It is a very good read. So let's set the groundwork a little bit. Peter's a rough dude. Peter's a fisherman. Peter, Peter, he just completely, like, Peter goes against everything that religion would tell you that he would be somebody that Jesus would pick to do great things. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like when you read, yes, okay, yes. When you read about Peter, you read, like you think about, God, why did you choose him to be a disciple? And, and furthermore, look at this, this scripture right here. Why did you say this, Jesus? He's Jesus is talking to Peter, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter! We're going to walk through just a few things about Peter's life that perhaps would maybe help us change some things in our life. Because, you know, we believe the Bible. It's perfect. It's infallible. And so you don't read the Bible and read about somebody like Peter without having to assess 
what the world? Like, what, God, why? Why? And, and I, I would submit to you today that God is such a personable God. Jesus is such a personable Savior that the change in our life only comes through assessing what the Word of God, prayer, says about how these people were changed and keeping in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Get me out of the way, Lord, and I pray that you would get in our way. Bless this day and every person that's in here in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, here we go. Change comes through overcoming the fear of change. Maybe you have an area of your life right now, maybe a theology, maybe an addiction, maybe a relationship, maybe, you, and you know that you know that you know that this, this book right here, the Bible, says, you know what, Jason, you need to change that area of your life, but you've got so accustomed to that area of your life that you're scared of what change looks like. I, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, but yeah, you're scared, like scared. Like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, you know what, I don't, mm, that seems like too much work. Or what will they think of me? Or what will everyday life look like? Or, but, so we can, we can actually fear change when change is actually good for us. Matthew 4, 18 through 20, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So much in, this, in, in those verses. So much is going on. You've got to understand that Peter was not just a fisherman, he was a great fisherman. That's how he made his living, was fishing, which I think is a great concept. <laughs> My wife has not seen that yet, but I think it's an amazing concept. So, so you, you, you think about, he is, he, he is so on point with his world, but then this magnificent guy called Jesus shows up, and he says, hey, come here, come here. And it's beautiful. It's really, this, Peter's life is beautiful because it's like, you, it's, a, it's a movie. Ups, downs, failures, going forward, going backwards, leaving, going, planting, dying. But it all started with Peter saying, you know what? And I wonder what him and his brother had the conversation. I wonder what that conversation was. Hey, this dude's telling us to leave. Well, what are we going to do with the boat? Well, we know they tied it up because when everything shook down, Peter said, let's go fishing, which I think is a great concept. <laughs> when you don't know what to do, all the men in this room right now, or women that love to fish, you tell your spouse when things are going bad, Peter went fishing, I'm going fishing. At once they left their nets and followed him, the magnificent being of Jesus overtook them. But you know there had to be an inkling of fear. Letting go of what they knew to go into what was unknown to them. And so the fear that we have in our own hearts of change 
can be overcome by keeping in step with the Spirit and trusting God's plan for our life. So first of all, we've got to deal with fear. Let's, let's get that out of the way. Let, let's don't fear change. Let's embrace it. And that's what Peter did. He said, you know what? Cool. Let's do this. Number two, change comes through being with Jesus on a daily basis. Mm. This is an organ moment right here. We have one over here. Is this on? No. Here we go. Matthew 14, 25-31. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They said and cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. I love that. Jesus is just like happy-go-lucky a lot of times. Yeah, come on, dude. It's all good. Yeah. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Faith comes by being with Jesus on a daily basis. Peter became who he was, and the change that happened in Peter's life came through Peter hanging out with Jesus every day of his life. They were in boats together. They were ministering together. They were, I just, I can't wait to see the campfire moments with the disciples and Jesus. Can you imagine what they talk about? And, and again, I said it last week, and I'll say it again today. The, the Bible even says, if there were en- there's not enough books in the world to collect the happenings of Jesus. So we get a snapshot enough to build our faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. But think about this. You, you, you think about the faith that's built in Peter. And so now you have Peter who was a fisherman who's been around water who knows I cannot walk on water. Right? Anybody who ever fished... When I was a little kid, I used to try it, man. I did. I did. I, I did. Right? You know, and I would build my faith up, and I would step out of the boat. And we, we had this little, little bitty boat. I'd step out of it, and I sunk every time. Right? And, and some, one day, some stupid person told me I just didn't have enough faith. And I thought to myself... How much more faith can I have? Did it again. Fell in the water. It's gravity, folks. Just gravity. Just gravity. There's a great lesson there. I won't get into that. But um, so, so, so here's Peter, and he's with Jesus every day for three, three years, three and a half years. They're together, and they're hanging out, and their change comes through having a relationship with Jesus. He's a fisherman. Now he's walking on water. That's a pretty good change, wouldn't you say? See, Jesus knew the change that Peter needed to be who Peter was called to be, who God created him to be. And so, because we're going to see, we started the scripture with, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. 
So Jesus is building his faith by just being with him. Think about the conversations, like I said, they had around the campfire. Think about that. How did those go? Hey, Jesus, what did, like, what did, how did you turn those fish and those loaves into feeding all those people? Ah, uh, it's nothing. Hey, Peter, why do you keep messing up all the time? Lord, it's nothing. <laughs> See, we make the Bible out to be this mystical thing, and these were real people living real life, sitting around campfires, eating fish, I mean, like doing ministry, and there was a lot of interaction that went on between Peter and Jesus. He was with him every day. Think about this. Get behind me, Satan. Okay, so a lot of you don't read the Bible. I'll, I'll, I'll explore this. Jesus said, I'm going to die. Paraphrasing. Peter said, I will never let that happen. Jesus looked at him and calls him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. That's a good... Like, If you went to work tomorrow and said, I got this great idea for this new project, and your boss said, you're an idiot. Get behind me, Satan. That's not good. <laughs> That's just a fact. The raise is not coming if your boss calls you Satan. But this is Peter. This is Peter. And you think about the change in his life from fisherman to disciple to church planner to to martyr. It's Peter. Wow. So, So if there's an area of your life that you really want to change, Think about being with Jesus every day. Right? Set aside a time to be with him, but not only just be with him, allow him into that area of your life that you want to change. I mean, there are people in this room, maybe 830 is perfect. Maybe it's more like 1130. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But there are people in this room right now that are struggling with really, really hard addictions. And you're ashamed of those. And so you block God out of those areas. You you don't let the Lord into those areas. And so you pretend like he doesn't even know about those areas, which that's stupid. Because he's God. And I, I I would tell you this. Invite him into those areas. Don't fear him. He already knows. Invite him into those areas that you're struggling in and walk it out with him. Next thing. Change. Change comes through embracing God's destiny for my life. When you get a picture of your future that is really bright and and looks what you thought it may have looked like years ago and you grab hold of that, it changes the way you act every day. Matthew 16, 18, 19 We already read it. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, which means hell, will not overcome it. Wow. Think about that just for a second. Peter, fisherman. Peter, disciple. Now, Peter, the New Testament church is resting on his shoulders. That's why God allowed him to walk on the water, because he's building his faith. Can you imagine what kind of faith 
it, it would take. And, that, and that's also why God allowed him to sink in the water. Because <laughs> there, there's, it's give and take. Okay, I'm walking on the water. Now I'm getting distracted, so now I'm going to sink. Ooh, I got you. It's all good. But, but can you imagine this? Go back, go back to the point, Larry. If you think about embracing God's destiny for your life, you think about Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, God's got plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us hope in the future. You, you, you think about Peter in the sense of the change that's going on in his life up to the point that now Jesus knows he's going to be crucified here soon. So he grabs Peter and he goes, hey, you're the one. I have a destiny for your life. Do you know that you're, you're here today on purpose? Do you know that you'll wake up tomorrow on purpose? And you think maybe that you're just punching the clock? You're not just punching the clock. You're, you're on purpose. If you're a child of God, you're on purpose. You, you're created. You're created with a purpose. God's got plans for you. And, and, he, and can you imagine being Peter? And, and he's watched Jesus do all these miracles. And he's watched this great revival happening. And, and people are coming. And wherever Jesus is, there's multitudes. And things are going down. They're shaking down. And Jesus says, i got to be killed. And Peter says, no. And you're Satan. And right after he tells him he's Satan, he turns around and says, I'm going to build my church on you. <laughs> no! just tell you that you're on purpose and if there's an area of your life that you know that you know that you know you need to change perhaps it may be keeping you from your purpose see if Peter never would have left that boat he would have been fishing while Jesus was telling someone else I'm going to build my church on you if he didn't overcome that fear of change, if, if he didn't get in that place of, you know what, I, this guy's awesome, and I, I believe what he's saying. See, when you truly believe what the Bible says, are y'all with me? Okay. If you truly believe what the Bible says, then you got to truly believe that nothing is impossible with our God and that God has a destiny for each of us. You're not by mistake. Your own purpose. Well, Jason, you don't understand where I come from, and you don't understand my family history. Maybe I don't, but I understand God's word. And, and as a child of God, God's word says you have a destiny. You have a, you have a purpose in your life. And that helps change take root, right? It helps change get momentum like we talked about last week. Number four. Change is refined. I couldn't, I couldn't make up my mind if I wanted to say refined or forged. So guess what? I said both of them. <laughs> Change is refined and are forged in our failures. Isn't that true? I, and, and, and again, I'm no better than any person in this room, probably worse than most of you. But this, this is the story of my life. Rainer and I would tell you that that restoration is like the word for our lives. God restored us, right? We'll, we'll be married 20 years this Wednesday, and we will sit at a table, hopefully, with some good food, and I will look at her, and we'll talk about restoration. We talk about it a lot. He, he restored us. He found us, yanked us up, grabbed us, pulled us out of the mired clay. 
you know, I'll be cliche, but I'll say he put us on a rock to stay because that's, that's where we're at right now. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Just grabbed us and pulled us out. And, and this is Peter. Even in your failures, I want you to hear me today. This is just a pastor's heart. Even in your failures, God's working. You hear that? The only, the only difference between Peter and Judas is Peter ran to God and Judas ran away from God. Luke 22, 61, 62, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I don't have enough time to read the whole passage, but you know the story. Peter's warming himself by the fire, by the, just inside the gate. A little girl comes up to him and says, I know you. You were with him. No, it wasn't. Then a dude comes up and says, I know you. You were with him. No, it wasn't. And then another third comes up. I know you, and you were with, with him. And Peter cusses the guy out. He curses him. This is what the Bible says. This is Peter, upon whom, whom I will build my church. Are you guys getting this? That Christianity is not perfection. It's, it's a journey. It's, it's like... It's ups, it's downs, it's there and that. You know what? It's like a Disney movie. <laughs> They're all the same. They're so stupid while you're watching them, but at the end of it, you feel really good. <laughs> Heaven's going to feel really good, I can assure you. But... But you think of, I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's true, though. They take you up, take you down, take you over here, over there, and at the end, everybody's happy. <laughs> the well gets released. <laughs> then he gets run over by a boat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do not send me an email on that one. <laughs> so he's warming himself by the fire, and he curses this guy out, and all of a sudden, you know, I don't know how it happened. I love the picture of the movie The Passion where Jesus looks over at him and Peter's like, oh, Lord, I just remembered what you said. And I just remember. And, and so here's the idea. Change is, change is happening in Peter's life. But in our own lives, we need to remember that change is, is refined and forged sometimes in our failures. Because when you wake up the morning after, you, you, you really feel that. You know what? Ah, oh, I hate it. I should not have done that. But here's the key to fixing that. Talk to God about it. Oh, he knows anyway. Allow him into your failure. Just, yeah, just allow him in there. But he knows anyway. Allow that healing of the Holy Spirit to come into your heart in that area that you're struggling in and just say, you know what? Because that's what Peter did. He ran back to God. We're going to see that in just a second. But that's what Peter did. He ran to the Lord. In everything that he was in, you know, and we would look at this failure of Peter and say, um, I would never do that. Really? No, I know some Christians that would say that. Because they're perfect. Yeah, they don't attend here. 
because they can handle this. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> you get me? You got me? Okay, all right. And I just, I just know that I know that I know that I can't be good enough on my best day. I can't be bad enough on my worst day. As long as God is, wa- I'm walking with God. He never leaves me. He doesn't go anywhere. I, I wander, but he doesn't. He's steady. He's on point all the time. He was, he is, he is to come. He never changes. He's God. So in my failure, I have a decision to make. I can feel sorry because I'm a human of flesh, or I can be refined or forged because I let Jesus into that area of my life. And Peter made the best decision ever. Last thing. Change is solidified through God's unrelenting love. Listen to me. And I, I'm, just, I'm just pouring my heart out to you today. God loves you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you were last night. Doesn't matter what you've been doing. Doesn't matter. God loves you. You hear that? Again, you can't be good enough for God. Can't be bad enough for God. God's love is constant. So here's Peter. Before I read this, I'll I'll set this up for you. Peter has denied Christ. There's rumors going around that Christ's body has been stolen from the tomb. Peter and a few other of the boys are really, really, really confused. And so what do you do when you're confused? You go back to what you used to do. So Peter looks at him and says, you you guys want to go fishing? And we, we could relate that to, hey, I'm taking my old job back. Hey, you want to go to the bar? Hey, you want to do whatever we used to do? So Peter says, hey, you want to go fishing? Yeah, 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 yes. And so they're fishing, and we pick the story up up right there. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. So Peter says, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. Because they're being hunted down. They've caused a huge ruckus in the town. And now the people, the religious people who are supposed to really know God are trying to kill them because they've already killed Jesus. We'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood at the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. (laughs) I'm telling you, I I told you this before. I believe we're going to get to relive all of this in heaven. Like... 3D, 4D, 5D, I don't know what you want to call it. I think it's just, we'll just get to be there. Nick, we'll, we'll be there. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't, any, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, 
they were unable to haul the net in because it was of the large number of fish. So this has already happened once, right? Jesus is so cool. This happened, remember, they had to call so many boats in to help them that they caught so many fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So John's saying to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped in the water. What did he do? He ran to Jesus. The last time that he physically had any connection with Jesus was when he was saying, no, I don't know him. No, I don't know him. No, I don't know him. No! I can't say it here. I don't know him. And now, he, he knows that he has nothing except he goes back to his old life. And when he arrives at his old life, guess who shows up? So he's got a decision to make at this very moment of, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't see me. He's got to be so upset with me. He's got to be so devastatingly mad at me. I've seen him do so many miracles, he may actually kill me. But what's he do, man? He jumps in the water because he cannot wait to get to Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful, Peter, man. And you got to think about Peter. Peter's chopping people's ears off in the garden. And, you know, and he, he was a fisherman, so he probably stunk, right? And he turns into this most amazing, loyal, unbelievable person, trusting. He jumps in the water with his clothes on and takes off for Jesus. And you know the rest of the story. You know, Peter denied Christ how many times? So Jesus says, you guys come up here. It's got some fish cooking. You know? Yeah. Camping is biblical. <laughs> as well as fishing. I'm just going to have to tell you. He's got a fire going, cooking some fish. And then in perfect Jesus fashion, he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Paraphrasing. Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. Three times. Three times he asked Peter, do you love me? The exact amount of times that Peter denied Jesus by the fire, and they're sitting by a fire. And so, basically, Peter is like nakedly transparent. Right? Because, like, I, I denied you by a fire. Now I'm at a fire. And yes, I love you. Oh, I get it. I get it. He says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Reinstates Peter to the place of unbelievable destiny. And I have to, I have to imagine at that very moment, Peter went back to the place where Jesus said, Cephas, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And all of a sudden, hope arised. Change. Up, down, over, sideways. But now, I am sitting with my Lord and Savior who has risen from the grave 
who is alive and I have a decision to make but the decision's already been made for me so Peter was thinking so here's the question for you today you're sitting in these chairs you're here on purpose if there's an area of your life you need to change the decision's already been made for you nothing is impossible with our God Bible says that he's going to complete every good work he started in us. Man, I got some people in my life right now that I've been praying for for a long time, and I'm watching it. I'm watching. I could dance. I could turn around and jump up. I'm not going to do that because it's probably in the papers tomorrow. Weird pastor dances on stage. Change is possible. You hear that? And the Bible gives us a roadmap for that. So the greatest change is spiritual change. That's the greatest change that we can have, spiritual change. The Bible says that we're, we're sinners because some, something someone else did, that was Adam and Eve. And we're forgiven because of what Jesus did. But we have free choice and we get an opportunity to put our faith in Jesus to receive that forgiveness. That's why Coastline Community Church is here. That's why a lot of you tithe. That's why a lot of you serve is because we want to give people an opportunity to know Jesus. All the other stuff's just, it's great. It's like gravy on a biscuit. But the biscuit's salvation. Do you know Jesus? Do you need a change in your spiritual life? Do you, do you really? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Because if you hadn't, Today is a great day to do that. An unbelievable day. Change. Maybe you have an area of your life. Maybe you know the Lord. You have an area of your life that you really, really, really want to change. Download these notes next week from the internet and, and, and apply these scriptures. Look at Peter's life. Look at Paul's life that we talked about. Look at the week before. So you know what? Maybe this Bible really works. <laughs> Perhaps the Bible actually works. Apply those principles and truths to that area of your life. Get someone around you that holds you accountable to the Word of God and see what God does. See how it happens. Spiritual change is the greatest change ever. Salvation. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today's your day. Would you bow your head all over this place? Nobody's moving around unless you have to. Jason, that's me. I've never actually put my faith in Jesus Christ. I've, but I'm realizing right now, I need a spiritual change in my life. I realize that at this very moment. Hey, if that's you, I want to pray with you. The Bible says when we confess Jesus Christ as the Messiah in our heart, that, that the old is gone and the new has come. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. Just slip your hand up really quick. Put it right back down. Nobody's looking around. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I need that to happen in my life. I thank you. That's awesome. Man, what a great day. <laughs> Before we pray, anyone else in this room? So you know what? I'm 
ready to confess Jesus and I'm ready for a change in my life. I want to pray with you. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Nothing spectacular about this prayer. I just want to walk through this process with you. But in your heart, just to yourself, if you raised your hand, would you pray with me? And and when we're done praying today, um, after the service, go go out to the tent and uh, maybe grab a Bible and a devotion. And then also, if you raised your hand, after we pray, there's an email that will be, if you're not comfortable going out and talking to someone, there'll be an email up on the on the screen that you can you can put in your phone and write down real quick and this week at your convenience you can email that and we'll we'll send you the devotion and we'll send you a name of somebody that you can call and maybe get connected with um, so let, let's just pray together father thank you for loving me thank you for chasing me and thank you that I'm in this room right now and right now in my heart I'm confessing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior And I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe with all my heart, Lord, that as he was placed in that grave, he rose from the grave on the third day. And then he's in heaven. He's coming back for me one day. And so right now, Father, I just just thank you for forgiveness in my life. I thank you for a fresh start. I thank you for a starting point. Lord, and I thank you for changing my life. Lord, I know that I'm surrounded by people who have experienced the same thing. And today, thank you for allowing me to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, I love you. If you raise your hand, you don't feel comfortable going to the tent, there's the email. Have a great week.